0: I love that song. It's a song written not in a, oh, joy and effervescent life, it's a song written in kind of trying to figure out a pretty tough uh, season of life. And Barney, I think that was Tommy Dorsey who wrote that, wasn't it, or, yeah, I think it was Tommy Dorsey who wrote, who wrote that song, it, uh, isn't it, yeah. And uh, he was just going through a difficult time in life. And, and uh, puts those words down that touch our souls here this morning. So, um, a marvelous morning to think about life, uh, to be drawn into a larger story, to be drawn into a a bigger family, uh, to be drawn into the body of Christ. And so as we do that, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's good to be in your house today. It's good to be leaning close in family and in relationships there are those who the family of Christ serves as their primary uh, relationship and, and they uh, sit together with brothers and sisters and uh, find great meaning in that. Some are here with mom uh, and uh, grateful for that, that families are leaning into one another and there's a brunch or a pancake or some scalded eggs or something that are ready at home and we rejoice over that as well. But we pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts. To see you jesus as the way the truth and the life and that you would strengthen us in our relationships as we hear your word and put it into practice in our lives in jesus name we pray amen if you don't know where you're going any road will lead you there i love that accent if you don't know where you're going it doesn't really matter what road you take i was talking to a gentleman this week and he said i'm from oklahoma and as we sat on the tarmac at the Denver International Airport for 91 minutes and 53 seconds, he, he said, you could, uh, there's places where driving west across Oklahoma, if you hang a left and go south, you could drive until you're out of gas and not really find much of any civilization. He said, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Two weeks from today, our family's going to hit the road. We are going to load up the truck. We're going to go back to Minnesota for a wedding. My 50-year-old confirmed bachelor brother-in-law, pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Hutchinson, Minnesota, is coming out of the dating game. He is getting hitched, and we are going to be there. And we're going to drive. We are going to drive there. We must be nuts. We are going to drive to Minnesota from here. Now, we haven't done that in over eight years when our kids were little before Sarah was engaged in soccer, before Justin was engaged in football at Orange Lutheran. So it's either eight or 12 years we haven't made that, haven't made that pilgrimage, that trip. So we're gonna throw the kids in the back of the crew cab of the truck and, and throw all our stuff in the back and we're gonna drive. We know right where we're going, we know right where we end up. But we're trying to figure out the best course to get there. And, and we think we're gonna go from here, uh, two weeks from Sunday and end up in Grand Junction, Colorado. And then my daughter's going to be at a wedding on Memorial Day, and we're going to stop in Denver for that. And then we're going to drive all the way from Denver or Fort Collins all the way to the western side of Minnesota or Iowa, depending on whether we kill each other on how far we... (laughs) far we get we know where we're going and we know we're going to end up we're going to end up in hutchinson minnesota at peace lutheran church for john and nancy's wedding it's a joyful time it's a marvelous time if we get lost we've got siri with gps but we are going to be there and we're going to get there we know how we're going and that kind of feels feels good our text begs a large question of do you know where you're going because if you don't know where you're going in your life, any road, any path will get you somewhere. And I think about that as I think about Jesus' words from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. He's telling his disciples he's not going to be around, he's going to be gone. And his disciples say, wait a minute, where are you going? We'd like to be with you. And, and he looks at them, he says, well, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas stands up and says, well, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me they say we're not sure where you're going jesus we're sure you're going somewhere if we knew where you were going we could figure this out where are you going where have you been where do you want to be what is the destination of your life and how are you doing on that journey because if you don't know where you're going and you don't know who you are Then you just kind of bump, you just kind of bump through your life and you kind of run out of energy and you kind of run out of steam and you say, well, at least I'm alive and kicking forward. Where are you going? And in this season of life, there's so much coming and going. We're going to a wedding. There's confirmation next week. We are at graduation last week. There's graduation at Concordia. There's graduation at Villa Park, Orange Lutheran, El Medina, Green Lutheran. There, there's people coming and going like, like crazy, trying to figure out what path narrows and, and, and where that path is going to lead. It's interesting to watch the kids graduate from college and try to figure out where they're going to go, as if they only have one choice to make a right decision for a right career. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God, you'll you'll be fine, but everybody else has a job. You're going to be fine. If your old man can get a job, you're going to be just fine. (laughs) What path? A lot of people trying to figure out at this season of life in May where they're going to go and what they're going to be. And so maybe it's appropriate that it's Mother's Day and we get to reflect on that a little bit. Because some of the people who showed us the way more than anyone else are our moms. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I didn't necessarily understand that. I didn't get it. I didn't know why I'd have to sit down in my bed and kind of be upset and stick my bottom lip out because my mother said, go to your room. I didn't understand as a young boy how that molding and shaping, how that chiseling and sanding was all a part of what parents did. They encouraged and they disciplined. They loved and they trained. And somehow we were on a path that maybe as a kid we didn't understand. But then one day you woke up and you said, now I get it. Now I understand where my parents have led me. Why my dad was this way. Why my mom was this way. Now I get it. I see the way. I see the way forward. I see the path a little clearer as I look back at it instead of looking forward as a little child. My mom, my dad, our family, they knew, they knew where they were leading their kids. Jesus knew, he knew where he was going. He knew how he was going to get there. He had a list of stuff and steps. And, 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 and when the steps and stuffs were done, he, he moved from town to town, from city to city, from sermon to sermon, from sign to sign, from event to event, until he was at his destination. He was on his way to see the Father, he writes in John chapter 14. And that way would include some painful steps, a trial, a beating, a betrayal, a crucifixion. That was the path through to where he was going, through to heaven to be with his father, to be the pathfinder for us, so that when people ask us where we're going, we could say, we are on the way with Jesus to heaven. You say, well, how do you know? And we said, well, we know and we follow because he is the way, the truth, and the life. The only one who's risen up from the dead on his own, who brought life and immortality to light. Jesus, his path and his destination leads us to life and to life eternal. And that's awesome. And so he tells his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, he had said that kind of stuff to them before. And and, and I love the disciples because they're kind of dense. It's like, well, wait a minute now. Don't you love that conversation between Philip and Thomas and Jesus? Well, uh, we don't know where you're going, so how can you know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. And then Philip says, well, just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. It's like, dude, Moses couldn't even see God without dying. Who do you think you are? You know, it's just so, ugh. But Jesus is kind and patient. He said, I am any number of times. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the bread of life. He said before, Abraham was, I am. And in that, he revealed a little more of himself to his disciples and a little bit more of himself to us, like peeling away the layers of an onion. Jesus says, if you're hungry, I'm bread. If you're in the dark, I bring light. If you're lonely and afraid, I'll lead you like a shepherd. If you're lost in your life, I am the way and the truth, and the life. He embodies that. It is who he is and what he's all about. It defines the course and the path that he's on. It's absolutely fantastic how he says, this is all these paths and all this stuff, and it narrows to just the way, the truth, and the life. And as I worked through this text this week, I thought, who are the people who showed us the path? Who was it? Who's the person who took you by the hand and said, this is what life is all about? I guess in my life, I would have to say my mom was a very important part of that. My father died when I was 21, and mom was left to teach my brother, myself, and my little sister the way. And so she embodied the way of faithfulness in being a Lutheran school teacher. She, she taught over 30 years. Her specialty was naughty little second grade boys. How about that? She would look at the principal and she'd say, well, I, I want all the naughty boys. And I would say, mother, why would you want to do that? And she said, well, if I could raise you and your brother, I could raise anybody. <laughs> and my mom provided structure in that classroom, German structure. You feel sit down and you feel shut up and you feel learn. She's at church at Christ Costa Mesa with my sister this morning, so this is all. (laughs) Kind of feels good, too. Doing some therapy, I'm doing some psychology with you this morning, it's good. The parents would gripe and say to my mom, you're too hard on our little boy. And then they'd come to me and they'd say, "Jeez, your mom is really, hardcore yeah I said just you wait till Thanksgiving and come talk to me and at Thanksgiving and before Christmas they'd come and say you know your mom's really not so bad <laughs> she has got little Billy who can sit down and now do his homework and all his stuff and he's doing a great great job and I'd kind of smile and go I don't know how she got so much done without corporal punishment, but it all worked out pretty good. My point is I learned the way of faithfulness in ministry from my mom. She showed me the path. Maybe your mom has been the one who showed you the path of faithfulness in life and work. And mom showed me the way of faithfulness in family, of getting along, of being strong and tough, While my dad was easy and easy to roll and didn't particularly enjoy conflict, my mom had an edge and a toughness to her that came from leaving home when she was 18 and and then never going back and figuring out life on her own. My mom, when she found herself with a husband whose body was filled with cancer and three children, she walked that path of life and death and led me and my brother and sister to be both tough and soft at the same time. The greatest conversations in the history of our family are done with the resiliency of spirit and with the softness of soul. And that we owe to our mom who showed us that path, that way, and showed us the truth of Jesus Christ lived out in the life of family. Makes all the difference in the world the older you get. And so Mother's Day, we, we have the privilege of thinking and sitting with and understanding and focusing on our moms and grandmas and their contributions to our life and who they have made us. And for some, you're, you're, you're looking at that clock and you're thinking, this is great. We're going to get to El Torito. They're going to have the street taco thing going. We're going to have a margarita by 1130. It's going to be fantastic. Pastor Tim's about five minutes away from finishing up. And we're going to be in great shape. And, 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 and those are great. Those are Mom, you know you're going to get good food if you go to El Torito. And you know they're not going to say no if you want another mimosa or more of this or more of that. He's going to sit and go, eh, whatever you want. It's all you. I remember the Mother's Day where I had gifts that were made by the children, cards that were made by the children. And I give my wife a lump of clay and say, "Isn't this great? Justin made it." goes, <laughs> it's just great. He got his little fingerprints all over and said, "What is it?" It looks like a snake. And they go, "No, it's a dinosaur." And you're like, "Oh, whatever." You know, and there's going to be moms that are going home to scalded eggs. There's going to be moms that are going home to pancakes that are this thick, that are burned on the outside and gooey in the middle. And, and the moms are going to smile because what do moms do? They say, thank you. This is great. And then they have to clean up the kitchen behind <laughs> their children. That's just how it works. But whatever your celebration is today, I pray that it's filled with gratitude and thanksgiving and grace and kindness and affirmation and firmness and love. And that there's a a resolute nature to your soul, but also that there's a softness in the stories that you tell and that that glues your family together in a way that maybe it wasn't glued together when you woke up this morning. And that your bonds are richer and your relationships are deeper Because your mom, your grandma, your father, your grandfather, they showed you the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ. They spoke the way, they spoke the truth, and they gave you life in Christ. C.S. Lewis speaks of life in his book, Mere Christianity. Our Tuesday morning Bible study has gone through Mere Christianity from cover to cover. We have one more chapter left, and we're going to finish this week. And, and one of the things I've, I've really learned in this season of, of going through that book very slowly and very deliberately is life. There's the biological kind of life, which is... Skin and fingers and toes and belly buttons and lungs and hearts and all of those things. And kind of like you were sculpted out of a piece of marble. And, 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 and there you are. You're, you have all the biological functions. All the biology of life kind of goes on. And, and, and like a sculpture, we're, we're there. We've, we've been created. But in this text, Jesus speaks of the way, the truth, and the life in a different way than just biology. The word he uses is the word zoe, zoe. And zoe life is different than biology life. Biology life is the sculpture. But zoe life is life from God. Lewis writes these words, the spiritual life which is in God from all eternity and which made the whole natural universe is zoe Biology has to be sure a certain shadowy or symbolic resemblance to Zoe, but only the sort of resemblance there is between a photo and a place or a statue and a man. A man who changed from having biology to having Zoe would have gone through as big a transformation as a statue which changed from being carved to stone to being a real man. And that is precisely what Christianity is about. This world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues. And there is a rumor going around, going around the shop that some of us are someday going to come to life. Zoe, I am the way, the truth, and the Zoe, the life in Christ. And in that life in Christ, our Lord continues to mold and shape, to sand and chisel, to grind away, to polish up. Through all of the experiences of life, through his word, through the gathering together of, of Christian people, he continues to grind and work on us as a sculptor works on his work of art. You and me, crafted by a mother or a grandmother. Crafted when perhaps we didn't get what was going on, but yet they knew the way to the place where we were going as family. Family. They knew that family wasn't just a destination of arriving for the wedding, but it was the life that went along the way. The molding, the shaping, the conversations, the experiences, the forming, the understanding, the conversations, the finally figuring it out. Moms, grandmas, those were the ones Maybe showed us Jesus, who were the ones who had the chisel, the sandpaper, the polish, who, when we were little and bitty, held us in their arms, and now that we're big and strong and tough, continue to lead us and mold us and shape us with the marvelous gift of a mother's love. Pray that you're grateful for your mom today and for the ones who in your life showed you the way and the truth and the life in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit